0: From State Impact, Pennsylvania, this is Energy Explained, a podcast where we go behind the news to explain Pennsylvania's energy economy. I'm Susan Phillips. Consider how many things you've fought over with your family from the time you were a kid, maybe wanting a new bike, new shoes, or fighting with your parents over how late you stayed out. Even as an adult, maybe disagreements over politics or a career choice. But then there's Megan Holleran,
1: who says... i have never fought with my family until this.
0: So before we get to the issue that made her fight with her parents for the first time, you need to know that Megan grew up in a rural part of Pennsylvania, a place called New Milford in Susquehanna County. It's about 160 miles north of Philadelphia. Her family's land... 23 acres bought by her grandparents in the 1950s, is about two miles up a dirt road past fields and forests. And Megan is an archaeologist. It was back in the summer of 2012 when the family was preparing to turn the land into a maple tree farm. Some of the trees were more than 200 years old. At that time, Megan was working for a contractor surveying land for a nearby pipeline. And she got a call from one of her friends who had been at a party at her house that weekend. Megan told me the story about that day on the phone from Nevada, where she's now working on an archaeology project.
1: And they called me up and said, you know, hey, we're working at your house today. I'm pretty sure this is your place. We were all here for a party over the weekend. And um, I didn't really believe them. I thought that they they must have had some sort of mistake, but it turns out that was true. And it was, so that was in um, spring, summer of 2012 was when we first found out about it.
0: Wow. So you were actually working as an archaeologist.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of what I do is work for things like pipelines and big contracts, construction jobs that are going to disturb the ground. They send us out first. And I happened to be working on that project when we found out it was going to my property.
0: Wow. That's kind of amazing. (laughs) So why did they start working on your property without even telling you? Is that
1: normal? I mean, I guess they had sent out a, a letter that said, you know, Williams Corporation would like to do some surveys for an upcoming project on your property.
0: And that day, when Megan first found out there might be a pipeline coming through her family's land, that would turn out to be the root of the family's arguments to come. The pipeline builder, Williams, wanted to build a line they named the Constitution Pipeline through the burgeoning maple syrup farm. That was the first you heard that this actual pipeline was going through.
1: Yeah, the, it was the first that you know I went to my family after um, talking to my my crew, my colleagues, and said, you know, this is this is a really big pipeline project, and I'm pretty sure we don't want it. Have you guys heard anything about it? And that was when my one my one aunt who actually lives on the property said, you know, I well, I got a letter about something a while ago, but I didn't realize that this was what it was. And that was when we were able to start finally, you know, trying to look into it and figuring out, wait, what's going on here? What is this project? And we don't want it on our land.
0: And that was 2012. Yeah. That's six years ago. So this has been going on for a long time. Did they finally show up at your house and ask, you know, to sign on the dotted
1: line and offer you money? Yeah, so eventually, you know, finally a land agent reached out and said, here's what the project is, here's the kind of right of what we want, and here's what we need from you to get permission. And at that point, they just said, you know, no, we we don't think we want it. We could talk about maybe moving it somewhere else on the property, but ultimately those negotiations came down to just like, no, we don't want that here.
0: How much money did they offer you?
1: It was ridiculously low. So it was a really long period of time where there wasn't really any contact going on between my family and between Williams because we just kind of thought that was the end of it. You know, we'd said no, we said we didn't want it.
0: So when did it rear its ugly head then?
1: Oh man, I guess it was in the spring of 2014, when they really started pushing, we actually are going to put the pipeline here. And if you guys aren't going to allow us to, we're going to take it by eminent domain.
0: OK, a few words about eminent domain. The Hollerins are just one family among hundreds across rural and increasingly suburban Pennsylvania who find themselves battling pipeline companies through eminent domain takings. And Eminent domain is allowed when a project is determined by a court to be in the public's interest. But Megan says the pipeline does not serve the public good. She says the company wants to ship the gas overseas, not something worth sacrificing their maple syrup farm for. The company, Williams, disputes that. It says the gas would never go overseas. It would serve residents of New England who often get stuck with big heating bills in the winter. When the threat of eminent domain loomed over the family, that's when they learned about the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or FERC. Now, that's an important agency of the federal government. FERC has the power to decide if an interstate natural gas pipeline can be built.
1: Later on, we started filing all sorts of things with FERC as soon as we realized how that process works. And I don't know if you've ever tried to file anything with FERC, but it's not very intuitive, and it's... it's can be very complicated to do.
0: So this bureaucratic battle lasted several years and put stress on Megan, her parents, her aunts and cousins who all owned parts of the land. In the meantime, they began buying equipment to start tapping their maple syrup trees. But battling FERC wasn't going so
1: well. Well, the, the difficult part about it is that it's really hard to figure out what you're supposed to do to fight it, right?
0: For pipelines, states have to weigh in on environmental permits. The company got what it needed from Pennsylvania, but it looked like New York was dragging its feet. The pipeline path runs 90 miles through New York State, close to the upper part of the Delaware River. New York stalled on issuing permits, and that gave the Holleran family some hope. The case got tied up in court, and the family at this point was united in fighting eminent domain through legal methods, but a federal judge in Scranton sided with the company.
1: The judge granted them their immediate access to the property, um, You know, granted them their eminent domain and said, you guys have immediate access. Just go ahead and do whatever you want.
0: The first thing the pipeline company wanted to do was cut the maple syrup trees. So they went to the federal agency, FERC, for permission. The Hollerans fought that. They brought up the case of New York, which hadn't yet granted any permits. They pleaded for more time. Just wait, they said, until New York makes its decision. But FERC came down on the side of the company. The reason? Williams was working under a tight deadline to clear trees before migratory birds and bats returned in the spring. Federal law protects the bats and birds after they start nesting and raising their babies. The trees had to go and they had to go quickly. When Cruz showed up in February 2016, they were met with protesters, both family members and pipeline opponents from across the state. The tree cutters backed off. So the company went back to the federal courthouse in Scranton, and the court came down hard on the family, telling them that they could go to jail or face heavy fines if anyone, whether they were family members or not, prevented the tree cutters from doing their jobs. At this point, some family members wanted to back down and here's where the arguments between megan and her parents began
1: we got into these high stress situations of you know just everyone everyone trying to figure out what the best thing to do is and no one really being sure and you know all of us being pretty strong-willed megan wanted
0: to continue the protest she thought no matter what the judge said she had a first amendment right to do so but the rest of the family were worried they didn't want to go to jail, and they couldn't afford a criminal attorney. The judge ordered the tree cutting to continue under armed guard. So on March 1st, 2016, just as the Hollerans were preparing to tap their trees for maple syrup, the tree cutters returned.
1: Last time they were here, I gave them maple candy, and this time they returned with assault rifles. That's right. Semi-automatic
0: weapons defended the tree cutters from Megan and her family. About half a dozen federal marshals in bulletproof vests and helmets greeted them that morning. And we traveled to the
1: farm that day to report on the story. Whether you're pro-pipeline, anti-pipeline, pro-gas, anti-gas, it doesn't really matter. You should be terrified by this situation. Despite the arguments, the Hollerins
0: followed the judge's orders. They did a few things to protest. They painted the trees red, white, and blue stars and stripes. But they also locked up the family dogs, fearful that the marshals might shoot them. And standing at a safe distance, Megan did get a few words in.
1: Thanks for not shooting anybody today.
0: Feeling unable to resist, Megan and her family watched as 558 trees were cut over the next several days. It was the end of their maple syrup
1: dream. We're devastated by this, but it's we're not going to leave. This is our home. They're taking about 90% of our maple trees on this property. So yes, every, all the potential we had to make maple syrup here on this property is being destroyed right
0: now. No money had exchanged hands. But here's how Megan described negotiations with the company.
1: The, the best way to quantify it is to think of it in terms of um, someone saying they're taking your land from you forever and in response they're offering you the price of a new truck.
0: But this story has a particularly devastating twist. It turns out the Hollerans were right about New York State. About a month after the trees were cleared, in a move that surprised everyone, FERC, the company, the courts, New York's environmental regulators refused to grant Williams water crossing permits for the Constitution pipeline. And today, more than two years later, despite the best efforts of the pipeline company, it appears that line will never be built across the Holleran's land.
1: It's just been a lot of uncertainty and a lot of stress and just a lot of sleepless nights over something that, you know, never needed to happen in the first place.
0: Right. So how does it look right now? I mean, what, what's going on at the, on the land now?
1: It's a mess. Since they clear-cut the trees, there's just this giant, empty uh, swath that, you know, used to be forested. And so that's, it looks very bare and very stark.
0: What are the options going forward if they never build the pipeline?
1: We're hoping we get the possession of the land back and then, um, you know, go to court and try to determine what they have to pay us in damages, you know, just for not only to try to restore the land as best we can, but also just for, you know, having basically rented it for six years without ever paying any rent on it, you know.
0: Do you have any idea how much that's worth at this point or how you even calculate that?
1: Well, um, I'm going to start by the cost of transplanting one 50-year-old tree, and then I'm going to multiply that by 500.
0: The company, Williams, says it still plans to build the pipeline. But the Holleran's attorney says that's unlikely. Still, if the company won't give the land back, and FERC and the courts don't make them, those five acres of land running across the Holleran's property will be owned by the company in perpetuity. For them to do with it what they want— including selling it to another pipeline company. So earlier this year, the Hollerans filed a lawsuit in federal court to get their land back and get compensated for the taking. Megan's mother, Catherine Holleran, told the court the ordeal, quote, took an enormous emotional toll on the family. In the meantime, Megan says they're still close. But she wonders... If only she had prevailed in the argument with her parents. If she had sat up in the trees that day and stayed up there for five weeks and gone to jail face to fine, just maybe the trees would still be standing. State Impact is a public radio collaboration between WHYY, WITF, WESA and the Allegheny Front covering Pennsylvania's energy economy. All of our work can be found at the State Impact Pennsylvania website. That's stateimpact.npr.org Pennsylvania. In our next episode, you'll hear from one man who successfully fought to give Pennsylvanians a constitutional right to clean air and clean water, and how that promise was largely ignored for almost 50 years, until
1: now. The people have a right to clean air, pure water, and to the preservation of the historic, natural, scenic, and aesthetic values of the environment.
0: And check your local PBS TV station listings for Thursday, October 25th at 8 p.m. to watch Generations Yet to Come, Environmental Rights in Pennsylvania. Or watch the program online at stateimpact.npr.org, beginning October 26. Thanks for listening to Energy Explained. I'm Susan Phillips. Our producer is Andy Cubis. Scott Blanchard is State Impact's editor. If you have an energy question you'd like answered, go to stateimpact.npr.org Pennsylvania and ask us.